back. It is episode number five. E5 error on the third baseman. The shutdown inning uh, maybe has run into some trouble. No, just kidding. No, no error on the third baseman. We are back for another episode. Steven Risotto, Tyler Hall, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? Doing good. Steven, how are you, man? Doing well, doing well. We got the holiday season approaching. I think like Thanksgiving time is always like the crazy rumor time. Like the we're going to talk about the winter meetings in a bit, but some stuff has happened, but like, you know, there's going to be more in the coming weeks. So yeah, fun time. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's still kind of in the wait and see, you know, Mm -hmm. section of the hot stove season. There's been a little bit of action and some, a little bit of chatter going on, but uh, yeah, you know, right when we get to the holidays now, you know, I think that's when some free agents too start to think like, you know, they're with their families a lot. They're okay. We need to start thinking uh, what's best for my family. Where am I going to go? And so I think, you know, now is, I think, when a lot of thoughts start to percolate with the players, too, as far as, you know, where are they going to be for the next handful of seasons? Yeah, checking in on the real estate agents, you know, (laughs) trying to keeping them on edge just in case, uh, you know, fielding all these different offers. I know that there's always those fun rumors this this time of year of what teams are linked to which player. And, uh, you know, I think the decline of Twitter is like amplifying it. Yeah, and all these right like because if we don't have Twitter, we don't know any of these rumors, you know. So, um, yeah, the the way it gets out, the quickness at what it gets out is crazy. And uh, you know, it kind of started with the the qualifying offer. You know, we had uh, two guys accept it. Jock Peterson accepted it. We'll start with Jock. Martin Perez also accepted it in Texas. But you know, I guess you know we're both Giants people. Jock was the big one, the big dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, were you? Were you surprised that he accepted it? I mean, nineteen point six five million—it's a lot of money for him, and he got six million last offseason. Uh, yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised that the Giants offered it to him because that's a lot for essentially a, a platoon outfielder because that's how they utilize him, and I, mean, I think that's probably best for Jock and his value as well. You're not going to put him out there against the lefties and see him struggle all the time. Um, so I was surprised for the capacity they want to use him that they want to do that, but they have a lot of money freeing up and. You know, having a bat like Jock as a, you know, a platoon guy, and I think he's pretty well liked around baseball, you know, if you're not mm-hmm. to- Tommy Pham. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe he's someone that can you can use to kind of help lure people in. Obviously, you're going to need a lot more than Jock Peterson to get mm-hmm. some big bats in, but he's not a, a bad guy to have on the roster. So I can see, you know, I can make the argument why they did it. I don't think I necessarily would have. And then I think from his end, you know, it's been talked about by Giants fans everywhere. I'm not surprised he took it either because like you mentioned, he made 6 million this year. So you're over tripling that now. And instead of maybe going out and trying to find a two year, three year deal, making maybe 10 million a year. Now he gets 20 and one. If he has a good year, he can go wherever he wants next year and secure the bag. Yeah, no, I, I think for him, it was a no brainer to accept. Um, I think if, if they didn't offer him the qualifying offer, he would have taken a multi-year deal somewhere, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and we talked about this a little bit before we started, but I mean, you threw out two years, 25, which I could totally see happening. Um, But yeah, no, I think, I think everybody's kind of asking the question right now, you know, what is the, what is the worth for a guy like that who only plays against right-handed pitching? Uh, But he put up big numbers. You know, he's a guy who fans, I think gravitate towards he's good for your overall brand. And, you know, we talked a lot last year about what players you would want to go see in San Francisco, you would pay to see. 
and like Jock was the one that everybody kind of singled out as like, yeah, you know, he might not be in there every day, but Jock is a guy who's entertaining. And I think that yeah. that's, that's a big part of it too. And he puts up numbers. He just goes to work against right-handed pitching and, you know, he's a streaky guy at times, but I think for the most part, he's, he's going to be a really good fit. And Farhan said that he was plan a for the giants. So, um, I mean, I wonder what this does for like Brandon Nimmo, you know, his chances of coming. Cause you know, the giants just have so many left-handed bats with Luis Gonzalez and Lamont Way jr. And, um, you know, Yastrzemski, there's a lot of left-handed bats in there. So, uh, it'd be interested to see how they, they all sort it out. Yeah. I think with Nimmo, it'd be like, you know, he'd have to deal with that log jam for a year or so. Not all those guys are going to be back, you know, in 2024, I guess we're talking now. Uh, but also, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants try to package one or two of those left-handed bats and try to get an arm or something if yeah. they end up with that log jam of lefties. Um, you know, you also have Wade. You you can plug in it first if necessary. So there's some flexibility there. Luckily, there's the DH now, too, in the National League. So at least it's a little alleviated with uh, some of the flexibility, uh, both, you know, with the roster itself and the lineup now. But we'll see. I mean, in Farhan, we trust. <laughs> Exactly. And Bruce Bochy getting a, an arm that's coming back to Texas. Martin Perez agrees to the qualifying offer. Um, I mean, that that I, I think, you know, he had a good year last year, kind of a breakout year in a way. And yeah, Texas is just like they need pitching like big time. And I think DeGrom yeah. would be a nice landing spot there, too. But I mean, it's, are no, you surprised I, yeah, that, you know, yeah, are you surprised that too that? surprised he took it? I mean, he's not, he wouldn't have been a sexy name on the market. No. He kind of flies under the radar because he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He, uh, you know, he, his ratios are all pretty good. He had a low ERA this year. He kept guys off base. So with guys without overwhelming power, it's kind of, you know, okay, what if he starts getting hit around a little bit, but you know, $20 million payday for him. I'm not too surprised he took it. You know, I'm not sure what he probably could have demanded on the open market. He probably would have been maybe a top, six to 10 pitcher on the market, you know, cause he's not going to break, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, the top three, everyone kind of knows about, and then probably a few other guys I put ahead of him. So maybe he's, you know, taking the opportunity to bet on himself, uh, get the, you know, cause also the thing with the qualifying offer, you know, especially if you're a, a quote unquote, like a fringe guy, like, like a jock or a Perez, you know, you're going to, your offer from other teams is going to be impacted now because it's going to cost them a draft pick to pick yeah. you up. So, you know, Prez maybe taking the opportunity to double down on himself, maybe go have another solid year. Uh, like I said, I think it, the strikeouts, I think, are what kind of keeps his name quiet. But he had a very good year this year. So if he can replicate that again and hit the open market without a draft pick tied to his name next year, then he can maybe go uh, secure a, an even larger payday. So I'm not too surprised. I'm not surprised the Rangers slapped it on him because, like you said, they need arms and um, and and Boach will probably enjoy plugging him into the into the starting lineup once every five days. Yeah, it's, I, I'm so amazed at the qualifying offer. Like, I thought it would go away in the last CBA. For the most part, I don't like it that much. I You know, I don't like the whole compensation part of it. But, you know, it just it feels like it keeps on going up every year. Remember, it was 15 for the longest time. And now then it went up to like 16.5, 18, and now it's 19.65. So, yeah, I, I forget mean, how do they calculate it. It's like the average of like the top x amount players or something um mm -hmm. so that's why it keeps going up because salaries are going up but yeah you know it's definitely it can help players and it can inhibit players and it does the same to front offices 
know, other sports have similar where, you know, like in the NBA, if you're the, the team holding a, a guy going into free agency, in most instances that they can offer the most money to a free agent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of, I think if you, if you hold on and you develop a guy, if he hits free agency and decides to go somewhere else, I'm not too against, you know, a team that did that work, getting some kind of compensation if they decide to, to, you know, move on to greener pastures. Yeah. I wonder how many guys, uh, like the next year got like a lower AAV, like they turn it down and then they get a lower AAV. That would just be like such a gut punch. Um, but you know, it'd be interesting to kind of go back and see what maybe like major, uh, MLB trade rumors would like have valued their contract at, and then go and see, okay, well, they got 19 point whatever for the qualifying offer. And then the next year they signed this much. So did it work out for them or not? It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, obviously no, you're talking a lot of hypotheticals and stuff, but just to kind of see how it pans out. I mean, it, it's worked out for a few other guys like Gossman. It worked out for mm-hmm. him. He's a guy who has taken the qualifying offer in the past, and now he's got a hundred million dollar contract north of the border. So, I mean, it's all about you know staying healthy, replicating that season you just had, and then it can almost be a launching a launching board for you. Yeah, and speaking of guys that uh, kind of are getting launched and have yeah. accepted. Uh, some free agent contracts. Tyler Anderson is going down the I-5 to Anaheim from the Dodgers. He was a Dodger, had a great year. And According like, to I, Bob Nightingale, he re-signed <laughs> with the Angels. That was so bad, man. That was so, yeah, Bob Nightingale saying that Tyler Anderson has been an Angel before, which he hasn't. Uh, but he's going there, I believe. I don't have the the figures in front of me. He was but... 339, three years, 39 yeah. million. I think you're right. And he was a guy who declined the qualifying offer. And mm-hmm. then basically right when the deadline hit, he's he was like, I think I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes after the deadline passed. He had signed his deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he declined that and signed his deal right away. And um, th- this is, you know, the angels need guys like this, you know, I, you know, they, they have always tried to get kind of the lesser known starting pitcher, Julio Tehran, Matt Harvey, Dylan Bundy, and now Tyler Anderson. Anderson had a great year. He was really good in the postseason. Remember against uh, San Diego, and uh, probably shouldn't have gotten pulled in one of those games. But it just—I mean, he seems almost like a, try, I feel yeah. like they're trying to do like the almost like the Giants just down some, you know a bunch of reclamation prod projects and hope one of them hit. Where the Giants have had some success turning starting bit. pitchers mm-hmm. around. The Angels just keep missing. So it's almost you yeah. Know, and like I have angels people that I know that are saying like, oh, a guy who, you know, is throwing 90 with like fringe off speed stuff that had a good year. How's he going to age? You know, right. So I would like the angels to get just some certainty in the rotation instead of guys that like come off a great year with no projected sustainability. You know, I feel like yeah. Anderson is just a wild card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's their, you know, most likely their final year with Otani. So we'll see what yeah. kind of moves they try to make to either convince him to stay or at least utilize that talent one last time. Yeah, and they're trying to sell the team. God, that team is just so wildly crazy. The Angels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Best, and I know the we, best we... wishes to the Angels fans out yeah. there. Yeah. And I know we mentioned that they're like a team that could just switch the. Flip. I mean, yeah, we talked about. It. I think it was last episode or the episode before. I mean, they like when you when you have guys like Trout and Otani, Rendon. You know, if he's healthy, like they have the nucleus there. That if the, you know the rest of the of the roster could put their put their you know shit together, they could they could be 
a playoff team. They could, I don't see them, you know, I mean, they could with that, with Trout and Otani and whatnot, but I don't see them catching the Astros, but get into the, get a wild card spot, get in there. Like we, the baseball world deserves to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs. And I wish they would stop screwing that up for everybody. Yeah. It's always like Otani pitches seven shutout innings, go uh, him and Trout both go yard and angels, angels lose six, four angels <laughs> lose six, four. It's always the same thing. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, that they, they got to clean it up and I hope the new owner is committed to being smart and winning because that, that's yeah. what they need. And Bob Nightingale would be right. If he mentioned that Anthony Rizzo resigned with the Yankees because <laughs> he did. So the Yankees have their first baseman, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, that was another one that happened pretty quick. It was that same afternoon. So I think it was kind of probably in the works. Um, you know, I wish he would have hit the open market, not necessarily to come to the Giants or anything. I just think he would have uh, been a little sliver in there that, oh, you know, he's he's been around for a while, I think. Uh, but he, he uh, you know, he's pretty well around. I think Yankee State, left-handed bat like him at Yankee Stadium. I mean, hard to knock him for staying there. I also think, you know, we'll get into, uh, I don't think we'll go, and we definitely won't because we're talking awards in a bit. We're not going to get through an episode without talking about Aaron Judge for a minute. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think him and Judge have, you know, well-documented become pretty close over the last couple of years where he's been in New York. And so I think that's also another reason why maybe the Yankees look to lock him down as quickly as possible. It's not just a bat in the lineup like, hey, you'll, mm-hmm. have, you'll have Rizzo in the lineup with you. It's, hey, we've got your buddy still um but you know i'm not not too surprised he uh he seemed to be enjoying himself in new york and uh like i said he's built for that ballpark uh, were you were you surprised at all no this is a match made in heaven and i find it funny because earlier that day uh it was reported that like he's going to be houston's number one target and mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. never really came about but it no, you mentioned you hit the nail on the head. It's a perfect spot for him. Like it seems like he's got the personality that he's got the big market personality. And I think even more than that, you know what you're gonna get. You know what you're gonna get yeah. out of Anthony Rizzo. You're gonna get, you know, 30, 35 homers, especially there. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get a steady first baseman who is gonna be fun, you know. He he's sneaky on the base bats too. A lot of people don't realize he steals like 10, 15 bags a year. I didn't know that. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> Uh, but no, this match made in heaven, and it can only help Judge to return back to to New York. It it could only help that cause. Yeah. Um, and if it, Judge leaves, they have a bat in the lineup. They know is going to put up thirty thirty five bombs. So yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, and he got what like two years, forty million, I think. Two years, and, forty, and I think there was an option for a third. So it end up being like three fifty nine or something. I think he's guaranteed like forty five million. So I think there's a mm-hmm. five million dollar buyout on the third year. Mm-hmm. So essentially at minimum, it's a two year, like 45 ish mil for, for Rizzo. Yeah. So it sets the market a little bit for Josh Bell and, and Jose Abreu. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, obviously I think, I think everybody would mostly want Josh Bell over Rizzo. So he's probably going to get a little bit more. Abreu is kind of on the older side. We'll see what he gets. I know San Diego is trying to make him their number one target at first base. So sounds like San Diego doesn't really want to bring Josh Bell back. Um, so Bell, I, I, I mean, I Bell think you scares me, too, right? Bell scares. Yeah. I projected him to the Astros uh, over yep. on giants chatter. If you follow us over there, we did a free agents predictions. Uh, I projected bell to the, to the Astros. I, I think he's a little inconsistent. Uh, you know, I'd be nervous if my team signed him to be there, you know, at least like a major cog in the lineup. He's had really great years. He's had not very great years. 
Um, like you said, Abreu's on the older side, but he's a little more consistent. Um, so actually just to keep plugging, we'll get the Giants chatter plugs out. I, I actually did a write up, uh, Giants most wanted. I uh, wrote about Abreu. I projected him at about two years, 44 million. Um, I, I could see him maybe getting a third year option, whether that's San Francisco or somewhere else, because, you know, his age is getting up there. He's probably not going to get another big contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like an option, almost like Rizzo, where all right, if you perform these first two years, you pick this up, you don't hit free agency as a 38 year old hoping to scrap some money together. So, yeah, there's something cool about two year deals. Like, they're like, I feel like that's the most comfortable deal is like when you have a good two year deal and by the end of it, you're feeling comfortable. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a really rewarding feeling as a, as a, as an executive. And Abreu is like the perfect person to give it to, to and so is Rizzo. So, yeah. um, yeah, first base. There's not a lot of names out there to get. Uh, there's some suitors. I feel for for both those guys who are still there, but um, it's it's you know the drop off from the top guys around the board. I mean, you know, there's those four or five big shortstops out there, mm-hmm. but like corner infield, there's not a lot out there. So nope. I mean, these guys have a good market for them right now. If you're one of those top guys, um, outfield, there's maybe you know there's Judge Nimmo. Then you get it. You start. That's where I think the drop-off starts from outfield because then you get into the Benintendis of the world, which he's not a scrub or anything, but he's not going to be Aaron Judge. You know, well, no one is, to be honest. But yeah. but you know what I mean? Those, those impact bats are going to be hard to find. So, And the, pitching, the, you have Verlander, Rodon, DeGrom, and then, you know, then, a little bit of a drop-off kind of. And then, like, Walker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, so, I mean, you know, these top guys are going to be fed pretty well. And then some, I think a lot of fan bases are going to be a little underwhelmed with uh, what their team can scrap together. So, you know, the, the cream of the crop is, is mighty fine, but then it, it drops off. So it's going to be an interesting uh, off season. Yeah. And, and you once, could always, yeah. W- once the dominoes start to fall, teams are going to start panicking with those guys that are left, you know, like once if like DeGrom and Rodon go off the board, then okay maybe verlander can get swayed away from houston or something like that so you know yeah it'll be interesting i think it's going to be a roller coaster I, a lot of people complain about how long the mlb offseason takes and for me you know yeah i wish i didn't have to wait two months to see where guys sign but the anticipation of it and then kind of the flurries of action that happen it, it can be fun just you know it's like the game of baseball, you know, it, it's, people complain about game time, same with the off season, you know, but yeah. enjoy it for, enjoy it for what it is. Cause we're not, you know, we can complain about it all we want, but it's not going to change at least for a while. Yeah, exactly. And, and one trend that I've noticed this off season is like teams are trading pretty good players in hopes of like making room for a free agent, like Teoscar Hernandez, pretty good player. Like I think made an all-star game in, in Toronto and he gets traded to, to, to a Seattle and then now Seattle now Toronto's talking about adding Benintendi or adding an outfielder or, or sorry or Nimmo Nimmo, Nimmo. Yeah. so it's like wow so these teams like same thing with the Dodgers just now with Bellinger you know they they non-tender Bellinger who's a big name projected to get like 17 million dollars they don't want to pay him that he's probably not worth that uh and then like right away we see that they're interested in Kevin Kiermeyer. so it's like what is going on like so many like players are being like shipped off or or non-tendered and they're getting replaced by players that are either marginally better or like a little bit better like same thing kind of with the Dodgers and Judge and we don't have to get into that conversation but Bellinger was the one that I noticed with Kiermaier but I thought it was interesting I I had a feeling they would non-tender him um Mm -hmm. 
27 years old. I understand like the sentiment that there's still a lot left there to unlock, but my feeling is the Dodgers didn't do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've been able to unlock a lot of uh, different players and Bellinger's regressing. He's not pro he's not getting better. So mm. that's gotta be a little bit of a red flag to a lot of teams out there. Um, you know, a lot of giants fans, uh, have said, Oh, go get him, go get him. You know, he's better than he has. And you've seen, you know, a lot of comparisons over stats over the last two or three years where that is literally not the case. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, he's a splashy name. People know the name. He's a, he was an MVP, what, three, four years ago. Yep. 2018, um, I think. Yeah. 2018, 2019, 2019 that range. One of them. Uh, you know, and he had a really good three years, you know, a lot of, when he got non-tender, there were a lot of tweets getting resurfaced where people were like, Oh, does he get the Harper deal? Uh, you know, and <laughs> you know, it's move like, over well, Mike Trout. That's another yeah, one I saw. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if he can find it, you know, whoever picks him up will be very happy. You know, it also depends, you know, even if your team signs him, he might just be a one-year deal. Maybe he's trying to rebuild his value and then he's gone. So it's, I wouldn't bank my, him being a, a bat that could turn a roster around and make a team into a playoff team. It could happen because we've seen what he can do. Um, but I, I, he's not the Cody Bellinger that most people, unless you're in a, a Dodgers fan or a fan of like an NL West team that's seen him a lot over the last three years. Um, I think, you know, the West coast wasn't too surprised about the non-tender. A lot of other people were, and I think, you know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. He's a reclamation project. That's what he is. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing like the former MVP, like this is a guy who's played at an MVP level before that was like four, three, four years ago. And like, we have to, we have to just like, stop with that narrative that a guy's been an MVP before and it all of a sudden changed. It's like you're looking at the back, the name on the back of the Jersey and nobody cares about what he did three, four years ago. It's all about what he's going to do in the next two, three years. And, you know, Joe Maurer was an MVP, right? And then at the latter part of the, his, his career, was he, you know, was anybody talking about him like an MVP? Like, no. So things happen, yeah. things change. And Bellinger's looked lost his last two years. He's been, I believe like, I believe since 2020, from 2020 to 2022, so the last three years, counting the COVID year, he's been like one of the worst hitting outfielders among qualified candidates, right? So yeah. this guy, like, he's got a few things working for him and that he could run into one every once in a while. And he plays good defense. He's an athlete. He could He could play, he could probably win a gold glove in the outfield, and he's quick, you know, he does all that good stuff, but he doesn't hit. And like yeah. the shift is being, is getting taken away this coming year. And we're talking about all these left-handed hitters that are going to benefit from the shift. Yastrzemski in San Francisco is one of them because he's got uh, a great average exit velocity. His hard hit percentage is, you know, very good too. His barrel percentage is really good. He doesn't chase that often. He's in one of the, the top, the top percentile in, in chase rate of laying off, you know, really good pitches. Uh, and Bellinger, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. Like Bellinger's mech, uh, max exit velocity is in the lower percentile. So that means he's not hitting the ball hard. So those balls that are grounded to the right side are not going to sneak through, you know? So I don't yeah. understand how this is going to translate to the shift. And he strikes out way more than Yastrzemski does. Um, I, I shouldn't say way more. It's about the same. But and his chase rate is like half of what Yastrzemski's is. So I mean, he does not walk at all. 
He's he's had he's been like thirty or twenty percent below league average the last few years. There's no fit for a, a team that's looking to add an everyday guy. He's someone that's going to go to the Marlins or something, or you know, a team that you know go to the go to the Rockies, crush you know yeah. maybe thirty thirty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just got to figure something out in his swing, and I mean, it's so evident the Dodgers didn't find it. You know. How how is and yeah, they the Dodgers are it. one of those few teams where like if they can't fix a guy or figure out what's wrong, I'm not sure who will. You know, there's a few a few front offices like that, and you know, or, or staffs, and the Dodgers are definitely one of them. Yeah, so. that was my mini rant. I had to because yeah. I kept seeing it yesterday. I was like, you know, the name on the back really does trick people. Yeah, you know, it 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 like based on what they've done before and the reputation playing in L.A. He's he's a relatively big name in that he's like kind of a like a borderline celebrity. Like, you know, people know him, they know who he is, but for whatever reason, they don't know that his past, you know, few years have been abysmal. Yeah, you know, I think this is a part of it too, is like I said, the the coast bias thing. Um mm-hmm. East Coast is asleep by the time the Dodgers play. They wake up, the Dodgers won again. They still have Cody yeah. Bellinger. Bellinger must be good. Yeah, they think he's the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. That's crazy. But. Yeah. But but yeah, so I mean, that's been pretty much the the gist of the off season so far, as far as the hot stove is concerned. Um, you know, just uh, we'll probably see a little more action in a couple of weeks. The winter meetings down in San Diego, December fourth, I believe those kick off. Um, that's usually when traditionally we see some action pick up. So you know, I'm sure some chips will fall between now and then, but we'll we'll see what happens. One day, hopefully. If this thing, if this, uh, this podcast, I've no reason to think that this podcast will ever end anytime soon, but we got to do, we got to do a live winter meetings, like live from the winter meetings one day, (laughs) you got to like quit your job. I got to like continue to be unemployed. No. Uh, (laughs) And then we, we just, we just go to the winter meetings. We set up like a table and we go live from the winter meetings. Let's do it. I'm in. Not this year. Yeah. Have our time this year, but yeah. Boris joins the show. Right. right. You know, we get some guys on that. That'd be a lot of fun, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But then, you know, the other big piece of news or big pieces of news this week was a finally awards time in major league baseball. Uh, I feel like a lot of those were already kind of pre determined to a lot of people, but uh, you know, first uh, the rookies of the year came out. I wasn't too surprised. Uh, Julio Rodriguez from the the Seattle Mariners took that home. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I hope he stays healthy because He's I can see him being a face of baseball in about two or three years. You know, a lot of people kind of consider him him on that tier almost anyway, just because of his age and his production already. But, um, you know, I was kind of hoping uh, uh, Quan, kind of the local ca- Northern California guy, mm-hmm. he he got some love, but you know, Rodriguez was the clear clear-cut choice to me how about you steve yeah no argument there i you know like you i do also think he's fun we saw during the home run derby you know what what kind of um what kind of you know influence this guy could have on the game of baseball and its popularity so you know i mlb just keeps hitting it out of the park with a lot of their their latin stars i mean they're they're stars they're athletes and I enjoyed like they mic'd him up. I think it was mm-hmm. during the game and they're all mic'd up during yeah. the derby. But then I think they talked to him playing the outfield during the game mm-hmm. a little bit. And he's got a good personality. He was having mm-hmm. fun out there. That, yeah. That's the kind of guy you need baseball showcasing. Yeah. And baseball, like the past few years, all the international stars, you know, way bigger than their ability on the field is that they're ambassadors to the game. And I see no difference with him. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised on the national league though. Uh, Harris, Michael Harris, uh, the second got it for the, the Braves. Definitely not undeserving, but my vote, if I, if I was voting, I would have gone with uh strider, his uh, teammate. You know, I think he was, uh, he was dominant on the Hill. I think he set the record for strikeouts by a rookie. I might be wrong there, but it was up there. Um, that's who my vote would have gone for, but, um, you know, Harris was deserving, you know, I, and he got locked up to a semi long-term deal mid season. So Braves fans get to watch their rookie of the year for many years to come. Strider did too. They're all getting locked yeah. up there. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and the, the Braves have been doing so good at locking those young guys up. I mean, when you, if you're putting your eggs in, you know, three or four guys baskets kind of early long-term, if one of them doesn't pan out cool, but you know, Cause they got Acuna at a very early, you know, I think he signed like a seven year slightly over $100 million contract. And if he, you know, had a healthy season and then hit the open market, he'd get at least double that. So I like what the Braves are doing. You know, they, they got a bunch of young guys down there that they're locking up that, and the Braves aren't going to be going anywhere for a while. Yeah. You can't go wrong with, with Harris or Strider in the rookie of the year, you know, voting and, I think Harris probably got the upper edge because he was a position player. And anytime mm-hmm. you're a starting pitcher who pitches, I believe he made like 20 starts, uh, then it's really hard to beat a position player. And uh, yeah. you know, both those guys contributed widely to the Braves this year, and they're going to continue to contribute to that team. And um, one thing that's kind of off, you know, off topic here, but Dansby Swanson was, you know, a guy who, looked to be a, a long-term piece for the Braves, and he was not one of the guys that they gave their famous extension to. Albies yeah. got one, but he didn't. So I guess that tells you that he's not in their their long-term plans. But yeah, congrats to uh, Michael Harris the second, uh, Not Michael Harris Jr., because I saw an interview with him. He said that the second, you don't hear it very often, but it sounds cooler. So that's, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, you should start going by Steven Risotto the first. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> that would be start awesome. putting uh, the the one at the end of your name. Yeah, is that a one? I always thought it was an I. Well, you know, I whatever, but p- put oh. the I. You know, it's it's a, a capitalized I when you type it out. Maybe it's an yeah. I. It's the first. Well, you know, you know Joe Shasky, Mark, whatever. Yeah. Joe Shasky, possibly future friend of the program, uh, ninety five seven the game host. He's Joe Shasky the third. So whenever I see okay. him on Facebook, I always see the uh, the. Uh, the three eyes, the three eyes. So there you yeah. go. Um, yeah. Next uh, on the awards was the manager of the year. It's probably the most boring award uh, in the the postseason awards. Um, but, uh, you know, Tito Francona took it home. I, I mean, how could you not vote? I, I think he was, I don't know if he was unanimous, He was, but he was pretty close. I believe. I mean, I think a lot of people expected the White Sox to, you know, kind of stumble to a 90, 95 one year and win that division. Uh, not a lot of guys had, uh, Cleveland winning that division. Some maybe I'm going, I think he set the record for most rookies played in a season. I think they played like 17 or 18 rookies in Cleveland this year. Um, so, you know, job well done to, to Tito. Yeah, this, this was a cool one. You know, anytime you, you manage a team full of so many young guys and you make it that far, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of people, you know, considering you as manager of the year. And I thought that was cool. Brandon Hyde, got to give a shout out to him because he turned that Orioles yeah. team, not him single-handedly, but he kind of had the same situation with a lot of young guys and a lot of low expectations. And, you know, I thought he could have been maybe the other guy in consideration. Um, 
you know, I think Dusty got some second and third place votes too, but it's a unique situation when you get guys with young teams that make it pretty far. So, yeah. uh, and it's, it's only looking up for those guys too. And our Tito's staying for one more year. Um, yeah. but no, that's cool to see. I mean, when you play that many rookies and you make the playoffs, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be around in your organization for a while. So, you know, yep. not saying they're going to have all 18, 17, 18 of those guys playing every day in the future, but obviously they have a good young crop of guys to be building a team around in Cleveland. And he's a hall of famer. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think winning that world series for the Red Sox probably made him a hall of famer, but he's won. He, he basically wins everywhere he goes. I think this is his third manager of the year in the last decade. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not too surprising. Um, so funny though, after I called it the most boring award, the the winner that I had probably the most gripe with was Buck Showalter winning for the Mets. You know, they, they choked their division lead out at the end of the year everyone kind of expected the Mets to dominate, you know, they have the roster for it. Um, I don't know if people just didn't know who to vote for. And so they just voted good old buck or, or what, but uh, I was surprised uh, Melvin wasn't even a final three. And I think everyone was kind of worried about the Padres with Tatis's situation. Um, you know, it's manager of the year. I'm not going to lose sleep over it tonight, but what, what were your thoughts of show Walter winning in the NL? Yeah, I just, I just wouldn't know how to vote on this award at all. Like I know I I've had conversations with uh my my pal, my press box guy uh who sits to my right, Danny Emmerman from KMBR, and he voted for this award. Uh okay. and I believe he had Roberts as as uh his number one. And for me, Dave Roberts was the only one that I didn't feel necessarily should have been even in there in that conversation. Like he had a great team. All you gotta do is just sit back, relax, make some pitching changes. Um yeah, Showalter. I think this is the one year I would have voted for maybe for Roberts because, you know, it's tough when everyone expects you to be great and you still deliver on it. But then but then he won, I think it was 111 games. I think two or three other teams in baseball history mm-hmm. have had a season like that. So this is like the one time where it's like you're expected to be great and you did that and you kind of had a historic season. Yeah, um, I'll buy that. And, um, so I wasn't, you know most of the time it's like cool you know it's all Mm -hmm. the division winners that everyone expected to be and their managers are up there you know yeah and melvin had the whole thing happen with san diego and and all the trouble that they went through and um rob thompson shout out to him you know with the way that the phillies fired girardi and him getting a chance to be a finalist and uh but showalter you know i could kind of see you know, taking over a team, being outside the game, being an older guy, you know, the yeah. whole narrative around New York, that was probably popular. So, yeah, and, and they are the Mets. Different so win even if they're ex- different decade. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they are, you know, expected to win, they're the Mets. So you never know exactly what the Mets are going to do. So he, yeah. uh, he at least got them to the, the postseason as well. So, like I said, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but that's the one where I probably would have definitely gone elsewhere personally. I agree. Um, then we got uh, Cy Young, two unanimous winners. I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. It'd be interesting to check that out. But uh, Justin Verlander, you know, I don't think they've announced comeback player of the year yet. I don't see how he's not comeback player of the year in the American League. Uh, you know, just completely dominant across the board. I, you know, a lot of people, I think, were nervous with him coming back from injury. And I, mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. I just know it was ridiculous. Yeah, he was amazing. I think he had a sub two ERA and mm-hmm. uh, Sandy. Just to kind of pair the two, Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins won it in the NL, and he was just a workhorse. But the funny thing about how these two relate, this is a very historic Cy Young uh, voting here. 
both those guys, I think it's the first time in baseball history that two guys win the Cy Young without throwing a single inning the previous year. Wow. So that is... that's wild. Like, yeah. I thought you were Ver... going to say maybe it's the biggest age gap with how old Verlander is and Al Alcantara is kind of a younger guy. It could guy. be too. That that's a good point. Are the you know R. A. Dickey won it one year, but he wasn't as old as Verlander. Yeah. Um, but that's wild. Neither of them pitched an inning last year, and they might both win comeback player of the year. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, and you know I think we got to mention for Sandy, he had more, more complete games than any other team this year. So I'm a fan of the complete game just because they were a thing when I was growing up. Still, yeah. I know with how how valuable how, some of the values of these contracts and just how, every, you know, you have many aces coming out of the bullpen. Now it's hard to see a complete game, but having more complete games than any team in baseball is something to definitely hang your hat on. And so six is wild. And I'm such an idiot. Cause Alcantara threw 200 innings last year. I thought he did. That's why I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, okay, he didn't. I All heard right. that stat somewhere. I swear to God. I heard that stat. Stop somewhere. listening to Bob Nightingale. Oh gosh. Fake news. Risotto. Damn. Uh, Steven got fooled by a check mark. Yeah, I went on because I was like, I didn't think he had Tommy John last year, but he was the Joey Chestnut last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my no, God. but uh, that, like his so, 200 <laughs> innings next to his name. Damn it. It would be really cool if that was the case. But I mean, but even the, the fact that Verlander didn't pitch last year, he's going to be, I think, 40 next year, you know, 39, age 39 season after not pitching the year before and having the season he did. I mean, I, I, I expect him to stay in Houston, but what, what a year. I mean, a lot of people talk about judges contract year and it's one of the best mm -hmm. in history, but talk about, you know, being 39, it'd be easy to maybe have a good, a decent year and ride off into the sunset with Kate Upton and no, you double down on your career pretty much. And he, he made himself an, at least another 120 million probably with this season. Yeah. And it's, it's funny with Verlander because, you know, he was the best pitcher in the game for a long time. And, you know, I, I think we underestimate how much it means to a guy who misses an entire year. That is such a yeah. long time for an athlete to be away from the game and be away from, you know, something he's getting, especially he's been, that age. Yeah. He hasn't had a summer off in, you know, 30 years, probably more, 35 years. So for him to, you know, not be playing and come back and regain form, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And really quick before we move to MVP, I think, I think it's the 11th or 12th uh, pitcher to have three Cy Youngs. And if you look at that list, I mean, I think he was a Hall of Famer already, but he's obviously definitely now. But I mean, just go look at that company. I saw a graphic where they kind of had them all like in their pitching motion next to each other and. It's got to be pretty cool if no matter who you are to see yourself, you know, listed with like Koufax and Clemens and, you know, Maddox, big unit Maddox. Um, so, you know, awesome year for him. He'll, he'll also get comeback player of the year, I'm sure. So, uh, and then obviously MVP, the big boys coming through, uh, Aaron judge, no surprise in the American league. I mean, one of the best, you, however you want to describe the season, he had one of the best ever best season altogether, best American league season, best walk year, best anything. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't unanimous. Uh, you, I knew he didn't get two votes and I learned from Steven right before we jumped on here that it was two LA writers who gave Otani, uh, first place votes. I mean, most other years, you know, I could, say yeah you know Otani I mean he's basically like Max Scherzer and Matt Olson mixed into one person if you look at his stats but mm -hmm. the the year that Judge had how do you not vote for the guy yeah sometimes you got to go 
above and beyond the stat sheet and just yeah. the significance of this season for Judge and the fact that he was a Yankee that broke like historically a Yankee record, right? Ruth yeah. and uh, Maris and now Judge and, you know, over 200 weighted runs created plus the 62 homers. It was just magical in every way. And uh, the Yankees, I mean, it it comes down to, and I don't normally do this. I think it's more or less of the best player award, but mm. the Yankees are nowhere near where they were with, you know, Judge being a stabilizing force. So yeah. I think he and not to, had it. Not a, yeah, not to beat a dead horse from earlier, but maybe if the Angels were a playoff team and you have a guy mm-hmm. who's their ace and their best hitter, maybe he gets some more first place votes. Maybe you can make the argument for a couple people not voting for Judge, but the Angels were not a playoff team. Aaron Judge played in the toughest market in all of sports. He carried that team. Um, I saw some stats. I wish I had written it down or bookmarked it, but basically the second half of the season, he was the Yankees offense and he yeah. basically willed September. them to the playoffs. Yeah, um, even when he was struggling uh, to, you know, he was he kind of went through a little bit of a slump when he was trying to get 62. And even then he was still the offense. Like he was yeah. still drawing walks. And like most of that was going towards, you know, most of that was shown in the Yankees offense. Yeah, I saw the other off- the other players, like their confidence, pretty much like it was Judge playing with the Pirates. And yeah. still- <laughs> <laughs> and like no joke, like comparing the lineups and their production and, and, so if you want to say he played for a playoff team, well, you could argue they're not a, a playoff. They maybe slide out without judge down the stretch. So, um, and then, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about judge enough if we haven't already through the first five episodes mm-hmm. and beyond, we can move on to uh, Paul Goldschmidt. I think this was, you know, I think this was a pretty tight race compared to other MVP seasons. Goldschmidt wasn't a runaway. Uh, you had a bunch of guys that, you know, the final three were him, Arenado and Machado. Um, and so I wasn't surprised he won. You know, he's had probably watching him play so long in Arizona. It's almost surprising he didn't even have one before because he's just he's a quiet guy. He's consistent. He's always going to put up these kind of numbers. Um, and so I thought he was deserving. Uh, you know, a lot of Padres fans were upset that Machado didn't get more love. But I mean, there were until I think it was was it mid late August. Goldschmidt was a, a pretty decent threat for a potential triple crown. Yeah. So. Yeah, I probably Goldschmidt for me. I would have voted for him, and Machado would have been a close too. Because Machado, you know, he had the reputation of being kind of a hothead, kind of someone that uh, is a cancer to like a big league clubhouse. But this guy, since he's put on the Padres uniform, has been nothing but a leader in that clubhouse, and has been nothing but a worker. He plays every day. You know, he he's yeah. he's such a like a. If there's anybody that that I could see. And nobody's going to come close to like a, a Cal Ripken streak. But if there's anybody that I could see putting together like a, a pretty solid like consecutive a, like games, a three, four years of not missing. Yeah. A game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 300 or 300 to 500 games in a row. I think he would be at the top of my list. I think that's a good, good call. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was the awards rundown. I mean, I think overall, you know, all deserving winners. I mean, when you get to players of this caliber, you can't really say that a guy shouldn't have won. So, um, you know, and, and really quick, you know, we didn't choose a fun category, Steven. So I'm going to throw one at you. Okay. Not baseball related since this is our last episode before Thanksgiving, Steven risotto walks into Thanksgiving dinner with his family. What's he eyeballing first? What's definitely on Steven's plate? Uh, we'll definitely get myself a shot of propel. Um, no, uh, make it a double. 
yeah well yeah traditional traditional thanksgiving dinner for me turkey uh we'll have you know of course the mashed potatoes too with it and probably we'll put in the italian you know pasta or that that's going to be the italian part of it usually pasta maybe some pesto added in, in there of course um and you know i that's pretty much it you know we we don't do we probably have people over uh sometimes we don't sometimes we do i guess it all every other year i think it switches for us but um it will be a lot of fun you know i think thanksgiving's a really cool time to eat you know and we'll have turkey for the next few days after that so that's there the one go. thing that you know after day three it's just horrible yeah turkey and the fridge smells and the whole nine yards so what about you? Yeah. You know, what about you? you know, What's going on with you in the hall? Family? I, I usually uh, go up. I, we have a pretty big family gathering with some extended family. There's gonna be about 30 of us up Jeez. in, uh, yeah, up near a little town called Shingle Springs. Maybe some of you have heard of it. It's really small up between Folsom and Placerville. If you're going up Highway 50, uh, you know, I, I always gravitate to the deviled eggs to open. I'm a big deviled eggs guy. I even do a deviled egg cook off with a close group of friends. I got a deviled egg tattoo. Oh, look at that right here. Uh, and so uh, for our cook off, every time we win, we get a hash mark. I only have one. So I need to get back in the winner's board this year. Uh, we're going to be doing that in a, in a month or so with our friends. But uh, always got to open with some deviled eggs. Uh, and then you know, I, I enjoy some turkey and whatnot, but I like to you know give the role players their due. I'm a big mashed potatoes and stuffing guy. Uh, so, you know, there'll always be a, a healthy, uh, helping of those on my plate. So, well, there you go. And, and, you know, I noticed that there's a lot of people that transform their Turkey. They're not a big fans of it anymore. And they transform. Turducken. What? Have you heard of the Turducken? No. What is, some people have duck. Yeah. So it's a Turducken. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. oh man, now that I brought it, it's a Turkey stuffed with a uh, duck stuffed with a chicken i believe so it's oh, like three geez. birds in one yeah i was gonna take that i was just gonna say that some people have chicken and or ham i've heard okay. ham a popular one yeah too. we usually have a ham too because we have so many people not everyone's turkey person so when you have 30 people you can afford to have a ham out there as well yeah the best ham and turkey you know you gotta have like it can't be completely dry right oh, it, no. Yeah, that's that's, and I guess that's what it looks the like. The key after is a few having days. someone who knows what they're doing making that that turkey. Yeah, I hope it just doesn't go in the crock pot. Is that possible? Probably not, huh? Oh, anti anti crock pot, Stephen. God, I hate that thing. God, people hate. <laughs> you'll me you'll learn thing. to love it. You'll learn to love it once you're on your own and you need to cook something throughout the day. You'll love it. Oh, jeez. Well, but, anyways, hopefully you have a happy Thanksgiving, Tyler. Uh, yeah, you enjoy as well, that, Stephen. 30 people man we we go big for christmas not really thanksgiving anymore we still have some people over but christmas is the one where all the family gets together nice. so um and we'll definitely talk before then but yeah happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving steven and everyone who listens hope you have a good holiday with your family thanks you know thanks for listening hope you have a great holiday and uh follow us on the socials too uh shut down twitter. inning we're on yeah. twitter on twitter under, while it's around yeah <laughs> underscore or shutdown underscore inning and then spotify apple podcasts youtube wherever you find your podcasts all that fun stuff yeah for some um, reason you want to look at us while we talk we're on YouTube. yeah who'd want to do that Jeez. yeah um all right happy thanksgiving right. everybody and shut it down shut it down another shutdown inning see you next time